step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to another episode of the Hot Wash. Hey. Definitely got an exciting show lined up this week. I think I have Alex uh, and Jeff online with me tonight, correct? Roger that. Correct. Awesome. Um, definitely uh, excited about tonight's, sh- tonight's show. Um, I'm going to let Jeff Falco uh, go ahead and introduce our guest tonight. I definitely don't want to steal his thunder. He uh, was gracious enough to get this guest on tonight. So, can Jeff go ahead and make the introduction? Roger that, brother. Well, we're uh, very pleased to to welcome Keith David, the uh, executive director of Task Force Dagger, to the show. Uh, Keith, I've known for several years now. It was one of the great honors of my life to call him brother. And he is does an amazing, amazing work with, with our special operations uh, troops and their and their entire families. And uh, so, without any further ado, uh, my brother Keith David. Hey, thanks, Jeff, and I, I hope everybody can hear me okay there out there. And uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. And uh, uh, you know, uh, we I look forward to answering any questions you may have. Uh, so, hey, Jeff, shoot away. Thanks for so having why do they call you on, Keith? <laughs> what, what's that, Allie? No, I said thank you for being on, Keith. You do so much for the well, community. I appreciate you guys having me on. And uh, you know, if I if I if I get a little nervous, it's, I'm not used to being on the radio. I'm I'm used to being the uh, the guy in the behind the scenes. So, you, so Keith, you'll be just fine. You'll be more than fine. Hey. You know, we're talking with the junior's bullet pen idiot secretary that everything else is, you know, uh, is, can only go up. So anyway, uh, just <laughs> give, us a brief, give us a brief overview of uh, of Task Force Dagger, kind of, you know, a little bit of the history. And and then uh, and there's, you know, three specific missions that, that we have and just kind of want you to talk a little bit about those and we'll kind of go from there. Okay, well, uh, we, we started Task Force Dagger Foundation uh in 2009, and our our mission is to assist wounded, ill, or injured U.S. Special Operations Command members and their families. Uh, we respond to urgent needs, uh, immediate, and I'll kind of talk about that as we go here, but uh, our core programs, our main mission is responding to immediate needs, uh, something we call soft health initiatives, and I'll explain more about that in a minute. And then recreational therapy adaptive events, and we we selected those programs uh, very intentionally. When we first started in 2009, uh, Jeff, Alex, and CJ, we had immediate needs in recreational therapy adaptive events. And uh, about three years ago, we wanted to become more relevant. And uh, not that we weren't relevant. I mean, we were supporting the U.S. Special Operations Command and, and uh, initially the U.S. Army Special Operations Command with uh, immediate needs and therapy events. But one of the things that we noticed was that a lot of our service members were having issues uh, with their health. And uh, Jeff Dardia came to us when he just about passed away because of health that nobody could diagnose what was really wrong with him. And so uh, over the last three years, uh, we have developed our what we call our soft health initiatives. And so I'll, I'll explain more about that here in a few minutes. But uh, uh, when we first stood up, uh, it was myself and, th- and three other board members, 
all uh, former Special Ops Army Green Berets, and uh, we had uh, we saw a gap, we saw a need, and so we kind of stepped up and just decided to start the foundation. And uh, we worked uh, initially with the U.S. Army Special Operations Command. We took care of all the SF guys, all the uh, Rangers, PSYOPs, Civil Affairs, the Sustainment Brigade, and uh, that was our core demographic from 2009 to 2015. In 2015, uh, because we were helping a lot of other the Special Operations personnel, in our original charter, we were taking care of uh, the Army guys. But we also said anybody that was attached with the Army Special Operations, we would also cover. So there were a lot of Air Force combat controllers and, and tag Ps that we would end up covering. So that's why in 2015 we said, well, since we're doing it anyway, let's, let's go ahead and, and, and do it. So we notified SOCOM that we were going to open our widen, widen our aperture uh, full bore and cover all SOCOM. And uh, they were very excited about that because they were coming to us with onesies and twosies uh, to see if we could, you know, bend our charter a little bit. And, and we didn't really have to bend our charter because, like any good Green Beret, we kind of planned for the unexpected. And so we had a uh, clause in our charter that would allow us to uh, support anybody that we decided to support within the military system as long as the board agreed to it. And so we had that in our charter anyway. And uh, so that's why in 2015 we expanded our charter to cover all SOCOM. Uh, and that was probably one of the best things we ever did uh, because it just made uh, it made sense. And, uh, and that's, you know, especially with the – the growth of our soft health initiatives. Uh, every year we've grown quite a bit. Uh, with our immediate needs, that program is just exactly the way it sounds. Uh, it is, you know, we work with the SOCOM Warrior Care Program out of Tampa, and the Warrior Care Program is a new name for the Care Coalition. So typically what happens is they'll call us and we'll respond to the need they ask us. And, and we've had people say, hey, Keith, what do you guys cover? And that's a hard thing to answer because we'll cover anything if it's a valid, vetted need. And so the Care Coalition will call us and say, hey, we have a need for widget X, and for, for soldier or sailor or airman or marine Y. And uh, we'll look at it, and we support it. Uh, we, we don't turn down a whole lot because – the way we feel is if it comes to the care coalition, it's a real need. And uh, we're, we are wholehearted believers in the Warrior Care Program, a.k.a. Care Coalition, because it's the command, it's the SOCOM commander, USASOC commander. It's, it's all of those commanders' tool. They've got advocates. They've got advocacy. And so they do the vetting for us. So that's how we do the immediate needs. And I'll, uh, gosh, there's there's so many examples that I could give you of, of things that we've done, uh, flights, uh, service dog training. Uh, one that really stuck out to me was we got a call last year uh, on a Friday night. I think it was against Friday night, and uh, a, a young service member's spouse had passed away, 
and the kids. And uh, they're bringing the uh, service member back from overseas, and they ask us to get uh, hotel rooms for the family that come in. So on a Friday night, within an hour and a half, we had hotel rooms for those that needed it. And uh, over the next uh, week to 10 days, we uh, continued to work the case and provide as needed uh, hotel rooms, even for the chaplain and for the service member himself. Uh, they, the, the, the service member couldn't stay at the home uh, due to circumstances, and so we had to put him up in a hotel room. And, hey, uh, you know, one of the things that's weird is a service member can't use his government credit card within 100 miles of home station against Army regs. So we had to step in and uh, uh, take up the slack. The other thing is, uh, and we did the same thing for the chaplain. So we wanted a chaplain next to the uh, – the, the unit wanted the chaplain next to the service members. We did that. Uh, another thing that's probably not well known is if a service person or their family member stationed at Fort Bragg, because this, this is where it happens most of the time, uh, lives and they develop cancer or, or, or something that needs to be referred to another hospital. So if they go to UNC Chapel Hill, UNC Duke, those hospitals fall within 100 miles of the base. So TRICARE, VA, none of those, they have an exclusion zone of 100 miles. And so those two hospitals are 97, I was told they were 97.5 miles. And so we provide lodging, gift cards to cover fuel and food for, for family members and service members that, that get medical treatment uh, at those locations. We do that all the time. And uh, so it's just, you know, those are just a few examples of the immediate needs that we've taken care of. Uh, Jeff, did you have, I think you had something in particular, or did I cover that one for you? Or is that no, yeah, you can, and, 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 I, and I think I think what everybody needs to realize is that when, when they say immediate, it's immediate, within hours, sometimes within minutes of the phone call, um, you know, Task Force Dagger and Keith and, and the staff are, and his amazing wife are 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 getting things happening, and they're happening now. It it doesn't it, it doesn't wait till the morning. It doesn't wait until you know the weekend or the holiday is over. It happens immediately. And and I think, you know, I I didn't have that situation with Chris, but if that's one of the things that I part of the reason I I I, I love you guys and 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 I support you know, everything that you're doing is, is I know that if, if Chris was in that situation, if my family was in that situation with him being wounded, that first dagger would have jumped in, would have been there immediately for us. And that, that, that just, I, 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 I thank, I, I've sold you this many times, Keith. I, I will never be able to thank you enough, but I'll spend the rest of my life trying for, for what you do for, for the families of, of our, of our service members. So we're and I've actually, Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm good. Sorry. No, I was going to say, I actually personally know uh, people that you've uh, impacted, and that would be the Wheeler family um, for CAG. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, they had lost a member, and um, actually that's why the Iron Man suit's coming out for DARPA. But, um, but I remember, you know, hearing stories of what you've done for Wheeler's family, and that goes, like I said, all across the board being from an organization where we could only, you know, specialize, I, I guess you could say, on helping, you know, Jess Green Berets, you go, 
you know, the Navy SEALs, MARSOC, the support units, you go all across the board, and that's something I've never seen before. And um, I do want to uh, congratulate you on your amazing organization skills. Um, what did you do uh, in the Special Forces that made you have so much? <laughs> like, everything's a list and everything is, like, so immaculate. Thank you for, for, for calling me out on that, Alex. Uh, I, I was a, uh, it's I was all BA. I, I was a 180 Alpha, a Special Forces Warrant Officer, and uh, in fifth group. So, CJ, I think you probably had shared the same stopping grounds if you were at Campbell. And, uh, uh, you know, so I, I learned uh, an, an awful lot. And uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, we do, and I'll cover this in our recreational therapy adaptive events, but uh, we actually write training concepts for any time we take our service members and their families out. We do a full-blown uh, 350-1 uh, training concept to include a risk assessment, uh, and, and we have that and follow that. Uh, and, and that we, we do that for a couple reasons. One, uh, if the command ever were to ask, you know, how, how are you guys squared away? I, I can present them a document that they understand, they read, and they know, and that you know. So, so that's that's how we kind of do things. Uh, and then at the, at the end of an event, we we turn in a storyboard to uh, SOCOM and uh, the component command, the USASOC commander, and uh, Special Forces command commander, and uh, you know, to let them know that we did that we did take care of the, the men uh, and their families. Uh, so, uh, you know, being organized, being uh, Type A, it really helps out. Uh, and, and Jeff, you're right. Our, our response time, on average, is two hours or less, and uh, we work really hard to make sure that uh, when that call comes, no matter what time, uh, that we respond uh, with the need, with whatever is needed, because the last thing that family needs, or, or that advocate needs, is angst or uh, worry that something's going to be picked up or not covered. Uh, so yeah, that's that's extremely important. Uh, our, our soft health initiatives program, and and I, you know I'm just kind of rambling on here, guys. If, if you have any questions, please you know uh, interrupt me and ask questions because you know well, oftentimes if, if I just sit here and tell you about the programs, uh, I might miss something that you guys want to know more about. But uh, you well, I was going to say well, yeah, I was going to say with other, I mean you know with organizations in the past. I mean, they all have good intentions, but, I mean, a two-hour call time, I mean, I think that's fantastic, and I've never really heard of that. It literally takes – usually there's a board that approves this and approves that, and nobody can really take point on certain things. So, I mean, that is why I see why, – why I wanted to point out you're so organized is because that's how fast that is, and you guys really have everything together. Um, and I, I actually wanted to ask you really quickly because – I'm I'm coming from the civilian side, you know, and my fiance is first group. But, you know, I was thinking, you know, what was the void that you were thinking, uh, that you were saying that you saw in, in the community when you're talking, you know, I know of all the horror stories and, you know, the VA and things like that. So what are some of the things that you guys, you know, as service members would have to go through if, if someone was injured? Could you kind of take me through an example of that process? Well, yeah, okay, so uh... – so let's say that someone gets injured in Afghanistan, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and Jeff has experienced this on, on the on the Gold Star side, 
typically, if a, if a service member is killed, they'd get they within 24 hours they get a death gratuity uh, that helps the family cover immediate expenses, travel, some of the, some of the things like that. That's what that's for. So most of mm-hmm. most of the time, we don't get a phone call for a KIA. Uh, every now and then, there's a special circumstance where you do, but on average. But where where the service member and the family need help is when they're wounded, because there's no special fund, uh, they'll get a, 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 a there's another term for it. I'm, I'm having a brain uh, burp. Uh, use the polite word. You guys Anyway, it's uh, it's almost like your SGLI, but it's for wounded. For wounds that you sustained, but you don't get that for several months. And so, uh, and so, what'll happen is when that service member is injured, wherever it's at, they go to the cash. Once they're at the hospital, uh, SOCOM has advocates downrange. That SOCOM advocate will be there, and and when that casualty feeder report goes back to SOCOM, the care coalition gets uh, a copy of it, and that and that service member is in the system. And so when, when, if, there's, if someone is imminent, uh, the care coalition will sometimes call and ask us to fly a family member to Vanstuhl to try and get to their bedside before they pass. We've done that several times. Uh, wow. In fact, one time we had a chaplain from first group call us. Uh, that was happening, and the family didn't have passports. And, and I'm sorry, but we're pretty good, but we can't make passports out. <laughs> so we connected them with the care coalition because he, he had, he had, this particular chaplain had called us multiple times. And so we actually connected him with the care coalition. Uh, Brian Howard was there at the time. I called Brian and said, hey, Brian, I think you guys need to handle this way more than I do. And so I connected the chaplain and the care coalition. They got the family a passport. Uh, within hours and got him on an airplane and that that was our oh, wow. we didn't spend a penny uh of support but we made a connection and uh and so that sometimes that's just as important as, as you know actual physical spending of the dollars uh, but then so so uh if that family needs something uh the advocate will, will make a request to tampa and then tampa will route that benevolent request to whatever organization, and there are, are a ton of wonderful benevolent organizations out there, and not just us. And, and so, whether it goes to us or another organization, that need is covered, uh, you know. And though, and then, uh, and, and well, a lot of times, what the, the care coalition will do is they'll they'll spread the wealth. They'll send requests. You know, if they've got a, a lot of stuff going on, they'll send two or three different organizations requests. For the same person, so because they don't want to wear or, or wear down a benevolent organization to the point where they can't function, and uh, and so the care coalition they do a great job uh, in, in in managing that aspect, and then uh, as the injury progresses, whatever needs uh, happen uh, are uh, you know they continue to send requests out and. And us and or other organizations will continue to fill those requests until that service member uh, is discharged and back on his feet, back in his unit, or, you know, going through the med board process. 
Did, did that answer your question, Alex, or did I totally split yeah, up? I, yeah, it did. And then also um, I was going to ask you, what was that pivotal moment where you said, hey, you know what, I want to take action on this and, you know, then decided to go with Task Force Dagger, or how did that happen? Uh, well, that, that's, a, that's a very interesting uh, question. And uh, I belong to a list serve uh, on the 3rd of the 5th. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a former member of Third Battalion Fish Special Forces Group, and some of the guys got together and created a list serve. And so back in 2000, early 2009, uh, there was some banter going back and forth about, you know, some of the guys not ha- having needs that the government wasn't taking care of. And uh, mm-hmm. so myself, uh, Ben Bethke, Rick Walker, and Clint Antonori uh, got together, and, and we – Kind of made, you know, said, hey, you know, did you guys know this was going on? And so each of us pitched in 250 bucks, and uh, I actually submitted the IRS 501c3 paperwork myself. And uh, we, uh, it's kind of crazy, but within, I, you know, and I'm not a lawyer, uh, you know, I, I barely speak English, and uh, <laughs> we submitted the paperwork. And, and everybody said it takes six months, a year to get your final IRS determination letter back. And uh, so I submitted the paperwork. And uh, two weeks later, I get a letter saying they received it. Of course, they cashed our check. And uh, and uh, so uh, uh, three weeks later, I get the actual mm-hmm. determination letter. So, so from the time that we submitted to the time we got our – 501c3 uh, approval was like six weeks max, and uh, of course they messed it up. They they initially uh, categorized us as a private foundation, and uh, I wasn't smart enough to know what that meant. Uh, but when we applied for a grant to another organization, they came back and said, "Oh, we can't grant you money. You're 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 a private foundation." So it took us three years to get that fixed. So I, I, you know, I guess you know the IRS did get us in the end. So when you go to our website, you'll see that we have we have two different determination letters, one dated 2009 and then one dated 2014. So uh, you know, uh, I, let me just say this: I have learned so much that I probably didn't want to learn in in doing the nonprofit. <laughs> You know, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, it's all valuable information, but it sure seems like I learned it the hard way, and my head has so many knots on it, it's not even funny. And uh, <laughs> I think my forehead's flat. It's not it's even funny? Okay, Chris, now that was funny. <laughs> but, uh... Hey, Keith, but, uh, uh, this is CJ. Go ahead, CJ. Yeah, I want to ask you a question. I, it, you know, you've told us a, a lot of uh, great information about Task Force Dagger, um, and I know it tells on the website that, you know, we got you on the radio tonight, so I'm going to ask you, what made you pick the name Task Force Dagger? What's significant about Task Force Dagger? I mean, I, I know, but I want you to tell our listeners. Well, as a former member of 5th Special Forces Group, uh, 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 then Colonel Mulholland was the group commander, and uh, uh he had uh, when he led the uh, initial invasion in Afghanistan. Fifth uh, Group uh, and Colonel Mulholland was the, the Colonel Mulholland was the commander of Task Force Dagger, and uh, and so when we started the foundation, 
we wanted to be inclusive of all the Army Special Operations Units because it doesn't matter whether you're a, uh, an operator, a parachute rigger, a cook, or a mechanic. You're part of the team. And, and uh, you know, we definitely wanted to, you know, for you, CJ, we wanted to make sure we took care of those, those helicopter pilots and our crew chiefs because, hey, they were the last thing you saw, before at, you know, at infill and the first thing you saw at exfill, you hope. And, uh, and so we wanted to make sure that we took care of the family. And, and that's one thing that's important to us. We, everybody we take care of is family. They're not a, they're not a statistic. They're not a, just a name. They're, they're part of our family. And, uh, and so we, when we were coming up with the name, we, we tossed around a, a bunch of names. And well, I can't remember who said it. Might have been, well, I might have been Rick or Frank. But someone said, hey, why not Task Force Dagger? And uh, we're, we're thinking, like, like, cool. So we did it. And so in, gosh, uh, 2012, uh, I went and briefed the, the USASOC commander, who at the time was – Lieutenant General John Mulholland, oh, wow. and uh, so we're in there briefing him, and uh, you know, and, uh, and and General Mulholland's just a he's a huge guy. I mean, it, when when you're in his presence, he casts, and I'm only five seven, so I think I come up just about his belt buckle, and uh, you know, <laughs> he, he he's sitting he's sitting in there and he's taking the brief and and uh, he's asking questions, writing down. I mean, you know, General Mulholland is an awesome, awesome man, and uh, he's not just a general. He's he's he's, a, he's not just a leader, but he's a leader that cares. And uh, and so as we're we're departing, we give him a coin, the whole nine yards, and he grabbed me by the shoulder, and he said, "Keith, don't screw this up. That's my name, Task Force Dagger." And I'm like, "Sir, no problem." And uh, you know, he didn't use the S word. <laughs> I can assure you that. Uh, but uh, you know, and, and he has kept track. Uh, when he was the deputy SOCOM commander, I would still go down and brief him on what we were doing, and uh, he would make time in his busy calendar. And and, and often the, the his aide would be beating on the door, and uh, hey, sir, you got an appointment? I'm not done yet. And uh, we would continue to talk. So, uh, so that's how we came up with the, the name Task Force Dagger. But, you know, the key point on that is we, we wanted to be inclusive and uh, because, you know, it doesn't matter uh, whether, whether you're a, an operator or an enabler support person, you're part of the team. And if you get hurt, you need to be taken care of, and that includes your family. So that, that's kind of what we – that was our, that was our, our thought and our uh, motivation. Keith, I'd, I'd like to kind of follow through on uh, on the whole aspect of family and talk about the third, uh, the third really arm of of uh, Task Force Dagger, and that's the uh, recreational therapy. Um, because one of the things that that I mean, I've been intimately involved with that every year for the last six years, and uh, it's it's one of the highlights of my year to be able to not only um, work with everybody getting, you know, getting ready for the event. And, and uh, there's an awful lot that goes into making it look seamless, which is your, uh, one of your mantras, but, um, but just, just, just talk a little bit about, about what the recreational, you know, uh, therapy aspect is and, and elaborate more on the whole family aspect of it, because I think that's, that's critical. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, I hope, CG, that I answered your question before Jeff asked that one. But uh, uh, Oh, yeah, you absolutely did, brother. That, that was a great answer. Awesome, thanks. Uh, our recreational therapy adaptive events, uh, they are – They are very important, and uh, one of the things that uh, when, when we talk about recreational therapy, a lot of times people say, hey, I don't want to donate to pay for someone to go on a vacation. No one pays for my vacation, and, uh, and so what that tells me is they don't understand what we do. So, so this is a perfect place and venue for me to say the way we do recreational therapy adaptive events is extremely well thought out and planned. What we do is this. We – uh, throughout the year, as we're doing immediate needs in our soft health initiatives, and uh, we'll, we'll sit there and we'll look at families and we'll and we'll see who has who we think may, maybe could benefit. And so, uh, about 180 days out from an event, we'll start working with the SOCOM Care Coalition, and we'll start saying, "Hey, look, uh, we got event X coming up." And uh, this is who we're this we, we have you know so for Dagger Dive, uh, we typically take ten to fifteen family families, and uh, and so we'll 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 say hey you know we'll, we'll talk with our POC Kids Gear Coalition, and we'll go okay we're thinking about family X family Y family Z because we we came across them during the year you know we've kind of kept in touch we think they could benefit from this as a family, uh, it might it might help with their recovery it might help with their the family dynamics, and so we'll go and, and we'll we'll submit a couple names. But then we'll also say, hey, Care Coalition, these are the parameters that we're looking for this year. And and when we first started out, it was combat wounded, you know, those that that have, were just getting out of uh, Walter Reed or Bethesda, and that that had never been on something, and they were unsure of what their new normal would be. Or, or what was possible. A lot of these guys were, were missing limbs. I'll never forget the one of the probably the first dagger dive that you came on, Jeff. Uh, mm-hmm. We had uh, uh, three double amputees, one triple amputee, and two single amputees. And uh, we were on the dive boat. And uh, you know, the, the soft guys have the weirdest sense of humor. And one of the guys goes. Hey, I can't find my leg. Anybody seen my leg? And next thing you know, it just it just starts. Hey, I can't find my arm. And they just go on and on. And the poor dive crew, the dive boat, they they, they were sitting there with each other like, are, are these guys for real? And uh, and then so you know, just that kind of sense of humor. And uh, but that was you know when we first started because that was in 2009. The, the war was really in full bore, and, and uh, there were a lot of guys coming back uh, wounded. And, and on average, you know, a double amputee or a single amputee with, with complications, uh, it takes them six months or longer to get to a point where they can leave the hospital uh, because of wound infection, surgeries. Uh, one of our guys, Scott, uh, he had something like thirty or forty different different operations before he could get out of before he could come on the trip, and uh, wow. so that that and I'll tell you, Scott was uh, on my team, and uh, and then uh, he became a warrant officer himself, and uh, he, he ran over a roadside roadside IED, and uh, lost both legs above the knees, 
and almost lost it, lost his left arm. And uh, so uh, I went and visited him in the hospital and said, hey, you know, give you a challenge. This, this was in January of 2011. He got hurt in December 2010. And uh, he uh, he was sitting there, and he was, you know, he was still foggy from the, all the drugs and stuff. And, and uh, so I said, hey, you know, I want to give you guys an option, an opportunity. And, uh, and that, we offered him came out and dagger dive and that was six months down the road and uh they're like well we you know we don't know we'll try and uh scott was scuba certified but his family wasn't he goes you know i want to take my family scuba diving but i just haven't had time we've been at war and i haven't had vacation and now look at me and uh you know so it was like well hey brother you don't worry about that you just get to a point where you can get out of the hospital well scott did and uh, we, when he flew into Key West, he walked off the airplane on his brand-new prosthetics. And uh, I tell you what, I, I was crying like a baby watching him walk because he was sweating bullets, but he was accomplishing something. And, and that's the goal is to, is to help these guys and their families know that, hey, there's a life. There's – there's a purpose after you in, after you're injured. Life's not over, and uh, the, the the recreational therapy adaptive events help the kids see their their dad or their mom almost like they were pre-injury. They, they'll see a smile on their Aww. face. They're out of the hospital setting. They're doing something that's constructive, and and one of the other things that they're doing is they're repairing. And reestablishing the family relationship because, you know, when that service member gets injured, he's no longer on an A-team. He's no longer on a Ranger squad. He's no longer on a flight crew. His new team is his family. And that family's been, you know, second fiddle, and that's the wrong word to use, but the, the family has been at home supporting him while he's been gone or the mom while they've been gone. Now they're back. And they've been deployed so much that they've got to get reacclimated, and they've got to they've got to reestablish those familial bonds, and that's hard. It's not easy, and it's it's not easy when you're healthy. Compound that with an injury, and pain, and all that, and, and the angst and the the lack of the lack of knowing what the future holds makes all that that much more difficult. So that's why these recreational therapy events are so important. It puts the families together in a, in a very uh, relaxed environment. They can do – scuba diving is challenging. And it, it – but the way we do it, we, we make it challenging, but we, we make it where they, are, they, they can pass and, and, and finish with no problems. You know, we, we, we don't cut corners with safety ever. But there's a way that you can teach people and you can help people to where they can grasp it and and not have that high anxiety, and that's really important. My our staff uh, is extremely good. My wife does is responsible for every time we take families to Key West, we have the dive portion. Well, since we take families, that means six-month-old babies, toddlers, 
And so we've had up to 15 kids in our day camp. And so we have uh, two shifts of day camp uh, participants, uh, staff members, watching these kids so that the fam- so that the husband and the wife and the older kids can go out scuba diving. So we actually had two events rolled into one. And uh, the f- one of the first years we did it, uh, my wife, Colleen, and, her, and a couple other people, her sister, uh, we didn't mm-hmm. bring enough people. And they were, they were locked up in a room for like 10 hours with like 10 preschoolers. And uh, after about day three, I, I thought that uh, I was going to have to, you know, go find some more people because they were, they were on the ragged edge. And uh, so every <laughs> year we've learned. And, uh, hey, if you've, ever, if you've ever been with preschoolers for eight hours, that's an adventure. And, uh, you know, uh, so we've learned – Every year we take our lessons learned and we apply them, and we hope we make that event better. And, and Jeff said something that's, that's kind of funny. You know, uh, we have we have a nightly hot wash every night where we check, we, we talk to all the staff members, and we say, hey, and, and, and each staff, and each family that's there has a sponsor. Just like when a service member PCSs, we each family has a sponsor. That sponsor's mm-hmm. main job. Is to say is to make sure that that family has no needs, and that sponsor, uh, if that family has a need at ten o'clock at night, they pick up the phone and call that sponsor. That sponsor goes over and helps that family with whatever they need, and uh, and so we we during our hot wash every night, we we go around the horn, we talk about how every family's doing, any needs, are they healthy, you know, are they boo boos. We have doctors on site that, that sit there and that we, we can do uh, sick call. Uh, we, I mean, we, we, we have psychi- not psychiatrists. We have counselors there uh, that, that help in case there's a meltdown uh, or there's just questions. So we, we've tried to do as much as we can to cover every base. And uh, this last year we took uh, a chaplain with us. And, uh, you know, now and, and chaplains are a unique breed. And if he's listening, uh, I, I, brother, I love you. you. You knocked it out of the park. But we had our doubts. So about three days before the end of the event, it goes, hey, I want to, I want to have a, a period of reflection, and and uh, and have the have the family stand up and talk about what this has meant to them. Well, us and about four other SF guys that were on staff looked at each other, and we just were thinking. Man, you know, are we going to have everybody stand up and bear their soul in front of their, in front of everybody? And uh, so uh, one of the guys said, uh, "Hey, if nobody stands up, I'll get up and start it off." Because we 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 didn't want the chaplain to to, to not be successful. So uh, so he gets up there and talks about that, and and uh, maybe thirty seconds and very uncomfortable tense. Everybody kind of looking around, and then one of the guys got up. And he walked up to the front, and he started talking about what the event meant to him. And uh, by the time it ended, probably only maybe a couple people didn't stand up, but there wasn't a dry eye in the crowd. And uh, and so even now, I get phone calls and emails that say, we did not know the impact that this event had on these families. Uh they thought it was a vacation, but it wasn't. 
And so that's that's the goal for our recreational therapy adaptive events is to is to help our service members and their families figure out what their new normal is and 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 with confidence be able to go back out and face the world. And uh, one one very key thing is, and I want to go back and kind of cover this. When we select our mm-hmm. families and during the initial mm-hmm. 2009 through 2012 or 13, uh, we were you know concentrating on combat wounds or injuries that kind of thing. But uh, about 2013 2014, we started looking at TBI and PTS. Uh, a lot of guys had that. A lot of families were being affected by that, and so we started asking the care coalition, "Hey, we want to start looking at uh, uh, the guys." the families with invisible wounds. And, uh, you know, because oftentimes those that have invisible wounds are neglected. Not because there's any malice or or intent to neglect. They just don't look like they're wounded. and uh, But they're wounded in their heart. They're wounded in their soul. Their head is 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 hurting. And they, they can't find out why. It, they can't figure it out, and uh, and so they they're hurting, and they're, a lot of times they're quiet about it, <clears throat> and and you've seen a lot of statistics about 22 a day and that kind of thing. Well, that's that's where our recreational therapy uh, events were trying to, in addition to the functional medicine, uh, our recreational therapy events help out there. And when one of the things that we do with our functional medicine that I did not cover is we look for the preventive maintenance. Uh, we look for the root cause of issues. And we try and get guys uh, back to as normal as possible. And uh, we, we never, you know, you'll hear people, oh, we want, we want to get people off all their drugs or all their meds. And, and that's not really the realistic way to look at it. You want to get people off the meds that, that they can be taken off of by a, by a doctor, and and that 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 are are they, they can work their way where they don't need them, and uh, I'm talking about like the psychotropic drugs, the, the stuff used for PTSD, TBI, uh, but you never want to take somebody off, you know, something that's for like, you know, heart, you know, blood pressure. I mean, there's there's things that you don't want to try and do. And sometimes our guys are, are literal. When someone says, hey, you need to stop taking all your drugs, I, I've seen instances where guys stop taking everything, and you can't do that. Uh, so our functional medicine program, uh, what we do is we send guys and, and their family members, if necessary, uh, up to Cleveland Clinic, and, and we're looking to expand that to some other functional medicine centers. And there they go through a huge battery of tests by doctors. And the doctors up there, look at them and say, okay, here's, here's what chemical's missing, here's what hormone's off, and they'll figure out a, a, a path to wellness. And, uh, and, and they will prescribe them you know, drugs if needed, meds if needed, to get them healthy and well again, but it's to solve the root cause and not just mask a symptom. I, I, I hope mm-hmm. I've explained that well. Yeah, I mean, well done. Did, did, did that, is that okay? I mean, you guys understand what Absolutely. I'm saying? Absolutely. And uh, and yeah. so when, when when guys go through hey, can you guys hear me? So it looks like my oh, audio damn. is uh, my computer. Too oh. bad. Oh. <laughs> I know, Alex, you're cut off. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. 
Um, so, okay, so one of, Keith, one of the things I wanted to talk about, um, or I wanted to bring up, there's a couple of things. Um, we got about 12 minutes and 15 seconds left on this episode. I knew I should have made it for over an hour <laughs> tonight sorry, because I knew we would definitely go over an hour. No, you're good, brother. Alex, I'll tell you, Alex all that is like you do. the Alex is the American Korean Nazi. Um, she's like always. What? Why would you say that? Yeah, because it's true. Because you're always like an hour, an hour. That's all we're doing. Blah 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 blah. And I know that certain episodes are going to go over an hour. Yeah, exactly. Hey, <laughs> English is Alex is like third language. Just so you know, I've been really quiet this whole episode, but now I'm about to talk. So, um, there's a couple of things I wanted to hit on. Um, you know, I asked you the question about uh, Task Force Dak. Um, obviously, that's near and dear to my heart. Um, I think we know a whole lot of dudes, um, Keith. Uh, pretty sure that we have a whole lot of guys that we know or mutual friends or mutual um, comrades uh, from the different uh, teams and stuff. Uh, I would be remiss, um, you know, everybody that pretty much knows um, that follows this show is that I'm a night stalker. Um, I spent nine years on 60th. Um, and today is a very, very significant uh, date in night stalker history. Um on uh, 22 February uh, 2002, uh, we had members of the Joint Special Operations Task Force Philippines uh, who were conducting missions against uh, terrorists in the Philippines. And uh, we lost an MH-47 Echo Chinook helicopter um, in the Bahal Sea. And they were returning from a mission in the uh, Baslan, on the Baslan Island. And uh, the call sign for that aircraft was Wild 4-2. Um, it was still in the infancy of the global war on terrorism. And uh, it, we lost 10 American warriors uh, that day. They lost their life on that, that aircraft, on that MH-47 Echo. And uh, I would be remiss um, if I didn't mention those members uh, and, and bring attention to that today. Um, and, or members of the Special Operations um, squadron from the Air Force. Um, so I'm going to name those guys off. Going to um, just go ahead and basically do a roll call of the the ten service members who lost their life today. Um, those members who lost their life on February 22nd, 2002, were United States Army Major Curtis D. Feisner, Army Captain Bart D. Army Chief Warrant Officer. To Jody L. Egnor, Army Staff Sergeant James P. Doherty, Army Staff Sergeant Carrie Frith, Army Staff Sergeant Bruce A. Rushforth Jr., Army Sergeant Jeremy D. Boshi, Army Sergeant Thomas F. Allison, Air Force Master Sergeant William L. McDaniel II, Air Force Staff Sergeant one M ride out to my brothers in arms, the crew of Wild Four Two. I want you were never forgotten. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about you guys, and we will continue to carry your legacy and memory on. 
Night stalkers don't quit. Roger that. Uh, with that, I had to do that because um, I, I got to tell you, um, I, I knew quite a few of those individuals personally. Um, yeah, they were in the Philippines. A lot of people don't know that the uh, Joint Special Operations Task Force uh, was operating in the Philippines. It wasn't highly publicized, um, but we had boots on the ground in the Philippines fighting the war on terrorism uh, in February of 2002. Um, I wear a bracelet. That's so sorry for um, the people. Oops, sorry, go ahead. I wear a bracelet every day. You know, I've worn a lot of bracelets over the years uh, for brothers killed in action. Um, I've got more brothers killed in action than I could ever care to remember. Um, but there's three guys that I continuously rotate their bracelets until one breaks, and I'll put a new one on. And uh, the first one I'll talk about real quick uh, is Thomas F. Allison, Sergeant Thomas F. Allison. Uh, who was killed on uh, Wild 4-2. It's actually 21 February in the United States. It's 22 February in the Philippines because they're a few hours ahead of us. Um, Thomas Allison was a kid that I actually went to airborne school with when I was in the 101st Airborne Division. Um, <clears throat> me and Tom went to airborne school together. He was a new AIT on his uh, assignment to the 160th Airborne School en route. I was airborne school en route to Fort Lewis uh, for an airborne force team. And uh, I met Tom. He stayed on my, my couch the entire time he was in Green Platoon, uh, which is the five-week indoctrination period to become a night stalker. Um, he graduated, became a night stalker, and uh, eventually got sent to Echo, or Echo Company, which um, was Korea, uh, a detachment of uh, MH-47 Echoes in Korea, uh, and they took the mission for the Philippines. Um, I was actually in school at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, um, when Tom crashed. I was at the Special Operations Medic course. Um, had already graduated and was waiting for my order when uh, Wild 4-2 crashed. Um, I knew several of the members on that flight, but... Uh, because they were in the Philippines, um, it wasn't highly publicized. They were still fighting a war. They were still fighting um, the enemies of the United States, fighting terrorism. And, uh, they deserve our respect, and they definitely deserve not to ever be forgotten. Um, the last stanza of the, the Nystalker Creed is, I serve in pride of those who have gone before me, for they love to fight, fought to win, and would rather die than quit. Nystalkers don't quit. And I definitely want to say to my brothers tonight, um, you're not forgotten. Um, a couple of other members uh, who have lost their life that I wear those for, I'll mention those real quick. Uh, Master Sergeant Trey Ponder, um, who died uh, in the actual uh, <clears throat> infield for uh, what was made famous by... Uh, Marcus Luttrell, uh, in his movie, um, as well as Marcus Morales, who is one of our fellow medics. Um, so definitely want to say, hey, look, uh, I'll never forget you guys. There's many, many other night stalkers that I'll never forget. Um, but I definitely 
would be remiss if I didn't point those guys out tonight. I've known several members uh, of Task Force Dagger who were original members. We got a couple of members, uh, original members of Task Force Dagger listening in tonight. And I think, Keith, you're probably uh, one of the original members, but uh, I've got a bunch of listeners in, into the show tonight. Um, and I just wanted to pay tribute to my guys. Um, we've got about, looks like, three minutes and 53 seconds left. I've pretty quiet the entire episode. I'm usually a freaking loud mouth. Um, Keith, real quick, if you could give us a rundown of how guys can check out Task Force Dagger and uh, find out information and maybe reach out to you and present, you know, uh, donate funds to Task Force Dagger if they want to donate or if uh, we have members of the uh, special operations community who are in need, how they can find you guys. Okay. Okay. you can go to our website, taskforcedagger.org, and uh, check. You can see everything there. We, we keep our financials on there. Uh, all the information that we that you can find that you would want to know is on our website. That's www.taskforcedagger.org. We have a Facebook page and uh, an Instagram account. Uh, we have a we have a Twitter account that's kind of sort of active, but. Uh, the main the main way is Instagram, Facebook, and our website. And uh, you know, uh, CJ, I retired just prior to 9/11, so I didn't boy with uh, Task Force Dagger, and that broke my heart. And uh, I looked for a way to get over there, and finally got over to Afghanistan in 2003, working with SOCOM as a civilian contractor. And uh, you know, uh, that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about this is because, you know. Uh, I feel like that that no matter how much we do, a, a soft service member, whether it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine, never wants to be on the sideline. We want to be relevant, and we want to be part of the action. And so I think that's why our organization is so passionate, because even though we're retired now, uh, we still want to be part of the team. And you know, if you can't be a gun toter, you can be a gun, a gun toter supporter, and uh, and that's what we do. And uh, you know, our overhead rate is seven point five seven percent. So almost ninety three cents out of each dollar goes toward programs and services. That's extremely important. Uh, Jeff, have I forgot anything? Yeah, if you have, you know, I'm sure Chief Kronowski will let us both know. But um, uh, I, I actually I, wanted to. That... Oh. Go ahead. Good. Well, I was going to say you have an upcoming event. It's a Task Force Dagger Dive, and um, I didn't really get into you know why it's so therapeutic to be in the water for this fa- you know for the families, and I just wanted to uh, you know um, let the people know that there is a, a Task Force Dagger Dive that happens every year, and how they can contribute. Yes, if you can't yeah. be there. Mm-hmm. Support us, you know, and 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 you know we we uh, I'll just be honest. I mean, I'm not honest, but I'll be vocal about it. You know, we can only support as much money. We can only support as many families as we have dollars in the bank. And uh, we, we, you know, uh, every we we work hard to make sure that every penny goes where it's needed. And uh, you know, so what? But one of the things is. We can always use. We need more money. Uh, our, our dive isn't paid for. Uh, 
you know, because we just we, we don't turn people down, we don't stop supporting, and we give till it hurts. And uh, and so you know, uh, I would just ask you know, everybody go check out our website. If, if you if you think what we're doing is valid, donate to us. You know, it doesn't matter. Seventy five percent of our donations are hundred dollars or less. And uh, last year we brought in one point three million dollars, and we sent out one point two million dollars in support. So uh, you know, uh, we we put it out as fast as we get it in. But that's where it belongs. It belongs in a service family's it belongs in a service member's hands, and it belongs in a family's hands. It doesn't belong sitting in a bank. Uh, you know, it needs to be used. So, uh, you know, I, CJ, I appreciate you having me on the show. Uh, I, I hope uh, that uh, I was understandable and that uh, everybody that I got my point across uh, without boring anybody. And uh, Alex and CJ, thank you guys for for being part of the team and just being supporters. And uh, you know, uh, thank you. You know, uh, it's it's this is part of our family, and uh, we're passionate. And and I want to leave. How much time have I got left, CJ? Hey, brother, you're wide open. Uh, we're off as far as officially off live. Still records, um, so we're still recording. Um, all okay. these things are archived on iTunes, so guys will definitely still be able to hear what we're talking about. But as far as the live block podcast, we're we're off the air. Um, but we've still got time, so you're wide open. Guys can still hear it on the podcast. Okay. The last thing I want to leave everybody with is this. One of the most important things that we believe in is that mission, purpose, and focus. Every service member needs a mission purpose and a focus it, they need it for their sanity they need it for their health they need it they need to find what their passion is in life because once you leave that tip of the spear once you leave your soft unit and you go to do whatever it is you want to do the rest of your life it's not going to be as it's just not the same and if you don't find a mission purpose and focus for your life, you're going to be a ship at sea without a rudder. And so one of the things that we try and do is help guys find their mission, purpose, and focus because it helps restore balance, and it helps restore their heart, and it helps restore their families. And so I wish I would have said that before the podcast was over, but, you know, uh, I runneth over at the mouth. That's we'll right. definitely have you on again because I didn't get to ask, you know, those things that are super therapeutic and are important and, and what makes all of that cohesive and why it's so, so important, as you said. Um, yeah. And I think it's the soldiers, they're, you know, growing up in a military family and, you know, still uh, being part of the community with work and, and personal life, but they are just contributors. They're positive social contributors. They're out there. They want to protect good people. They come home when they're retired. All they want to do is keep doing that, and that's just contributing positively to society. Our, our veterans are our greatest resource, if you ask me, because the veterans have a work ethic that is second to none. They put the mission ahead of themselves. And uh, mm-hmm. that's that's a rare commodity in the civilian sector, as I'm sure CJ has found out since retiring. Uh, but la- la- last night, Alex and I went to a 
uh, last night Alex and I went to a Medal of Honor presentation by Major General Patrick Brady, and he had a line that I've never heard anybody use before, but I will use it for the rest of my life, is that America's royalty is their veterans. You know, yep. other, other, oh, yeah. other countries have kings and queens and royal families, but the royal family of, of America are the veterans. The nobility. And, and mm-hmm. the, the nobility, that's right. Thank you. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. one, one thing that we didn't get to really talk too much about, and, and, and we can talk about it here, and like Alex says, we'll do it next time you come on, Keith, is in addition to supporting the families during the recreational therapy activity, at a particular dagger dive or in the mountains in in Wyoming or Montana or skiing in Colorado or wherever, but it's not a one shot deal. You know, these people are part of the dagger family forever. And we have events where we bring alumni back and we, you know, and we keep checking on them and we make sure that they're still doing well. And, and that's one of the things that, again, is it's, it's the family aspect of task force dagger that, that means so much to me because it's, it is my extended family now, you know? Well, you, you know, and, and uh, it, it's, it's, you know, you mentioned that uh, if someone were to say, Hey, if I gave you a million dollars, how would you spend it? Uh, I got a list of, of projects that we could use that for. And, and one of the things that I really want to do was uh, uh, try and, and, you know, do more alumni stuff because, you know, uh, a lot of these guys, they, because their wounds are so severe that they they, they they just can't do it again unless they have a support team. And so one of the things that we want to try and do as we grow is to do alumni dives and bring back those triple amputees and the you know the quadriplegics and and the guys like that that we we've, we've helped once and uh, that kind of thing. So that, that's that's some of our goals for the future. And uh, you know so. So, I want to definitely, uh, you know, Keith. I want to say thank you very much for all that you do um, for our community, brother. Um, for the special operations community, um, there's a lot of organizations out there that that do nonprofit and that that support veterans. Um, but you know, there's a very small group that do support for special operations eccentric and. You know, I respect the hell out of Task Force Dagger and everything that you guys well. stand for and everything mm-hmm. that you do. Yeah, and you absolutely do it very well. Um, you know, I retired February of last year. Coming up on in four more days, I'll be a year out of the uh, out of the army retired. And uh, you know, it, I spent a couple of years on active duty. Um, in the regular army because I was a single father raising a, uh, a small child. Um, so I left the operations community so that I could uh, focus on raising my little man. And it absolutely killed me to leave the community. Um, <clears throat> uh, you know, you, you see every year the CFC drive and the fundraiser drives every year I've continuously, um, dedicated my money um, towards the fundraisers that were special operations eccentric um, because that's where my heart is at. And I've got a, a – I couldn't even tell you how many Gold Star families, mothers, mothers, mothers sisters um, that I have because of 
my time in special operations. And, you know, I, I talked about it last week, uh, you know, I really adopted a gold star father until last week. And I told Jeff Falkel, who's obviously on with us tonight, he's my gold star father. I've got a shitload mm-hmm. of mothers that I've adopted as my gold star mother. You know, I call them mama and I, I call them and this is, this is uncensored. So I give them shit and I, I get in their ass when they need it. And, uh, and talk to them just like uh, their son would uh, when they need a little uh, gentle push. But, uh, you know, I care explicitly about all soldiers, but I care even more about special operations soldiers. Um, you know, I spent, like I said, before nine years in special operations, I've lost more brothers than I can care to even count. And I have a great amount of respect for task force dagger foundation because of what you guys do. Um, and there's a lot of people out there listening tonight who respect task force dagger foundation and what you do. So I definitely want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all you for the special operations community. I've got gold star children who mean the world to me, who have participated in your dives. Um, the ponder kids specifically, um, and I, I can't even tell you how special that was to, to see the pictures of them participating in the dives that you guys did. So <clears throat> I definitely want to say thanks, brother, for all you guys do. Well, you're, you're welcome, CJ. And, you know, uh, all I can say is that our promise is to do it the best we can uh, with as much integrity and high standards and uh, – you know the same standards that we use that we performed on active duty, and uh, because they're our family, it doesn't matter whether the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, they're our family, and and we will we will be there to help and take care of them and their kids and their families uh, when they need us, and we hope they don't need us, but we're there. Absolutely. You know, and, and you said something earlier I wanted to hit on, but I didn't. Um, that, that was very important. Was uh, You know, we, we definitely, as members of the special operations community, regardless of whether you're an operator or a support member, um, you're truly 100% involved in what you're job is as a member of the United States Special Operations Command. You know, I said special operations, not Army special operations. If you're 100% dedicated to your U.S. SOCOM mission, um, doesn't matter if you're a cook, doesn't matter if you're a parachute rigger, a pack clerk, or whatever. Um, one of the things that unfortunately suffers is your family. And you mentioned that. I definitely got to give you props because you know, the, the family members definitely suffer um, at the hands of us knucklehead freaking service members who were 100% in, who put God, um, country, mission, and then family. Um, you know, I suffered, my personal suffered because of that, um, because I put the mission 100% before my family, and uh, that's what true patriots do, regardless. Um, and it takes a special family to support uh, a member of this community 
wholeheartedly, be there for them, never fail them, and be there when they come home um, with unwavering support. And, you know, I definitely got to give a, a shout-out to our uh, our family members as well. Oh, hey, CJ, I know and I agree. And, uh, you know, I told you I retired one, I retired one July 2001 and, uh, because my family was suffering. I was the battalion warrant officer for second to fifth. And you, don't have, you don't have a crystal ball. You don't know what's going to happen. And uh, when 9-11 happened, I was teaching French, if you can believe that. And, uh, you know, I'm going oui, oui. Yeah. I've I got to get back. I got, I, I, my, my unit needs me, and I, I need to be there. And uh, I tried to get back in active duty, and they were going to send me to Fort Bragg as an instructor in the warrant course. I'm like, eh, no. Uh, so I looked around. <laughs> And I found, a, I found a position as a GS-15 equivalent in uh, SOCOM and uh, as, uh, uh, working with uh, interpreters. And uh, I went to Afghanistan for a year. And, and one of the things that uh, I will always carry with me as far is that uh, I'm at the airport here in Dallas and uh, I've got all my stuff and I'm, I'm getting ready to go on the airplane with my son who helped me with well. He was 12 at the time. He looked me in the eyes and goes, Dad, I promised you would never leave us again. And, uh, you know, uh, when you sit there and hug a 10-year-old or 12-year-old and say, Son, I've got to go because I need to go support my country. Uh, it's the hardest thing in the world to do, and that's leave your kids uh you know, and, and that kind of thing. And uh, so that's why the families are so important because, you know, if that service member's hurt, the whole family's hurt, and they've got to heal together or there will be no healing. And so if that's just uh, from the bottom of our hearts, the passion that that we we hope that people see because it's crude and it's heartfelt. So I, I definitely agree with you, CJ, and sorry if I got stat second, but, uh, you know, that's what motivates us, and that's what that's what makes our family here at Task Force Data Foundation tick. And it's not just a couple. It's all of us. And, uh, you know, we always have I agree. More, I agree with you 100%, Keith. Um, you know, that that's definitely, you know, I, I feel you, brother. We're 100% on the same wavelength. And uh, I definitely want to have you on again. Next time we have you on, I'll book you for over an hour. Um, I won't listen to the Korean Nazi. Um, <laughs> I will definitely. Uh, she cracks the whip. I'm telling you. Shut the fuck up. Alex, you're full of it. Don't even start. You better never, ever say that. Ever, ever. Ever. Oh, my heavens. I, can, hey, CJ, I, I, I was worried when I came on because I just didn't know if I should talk for an hour, but uh, apparently I can. I, hey, that's <laughs> fine, brother. That's what we wanted to hear. We wanted to hear it from your heart, and that's what you did. And the Korean Nazi, uh, also known as that's AKA um, Alexandria Maltizo, she's definitely a Korean Nazi, um, she is on my ass. And At we've least been I don't partners repeat myself forever. three times saying the same thing. At least I don't repeat myself three times saying the same thing. At least look, that, I'm just kidding. Is, look, I get text messages. I get I get text messages. I get Facebook Messenger, and 
I get freaking private Instagram chat from her saying we got 15 minutes left. You know, she's like the freaking timekeeper. And I'm yeah, like, but you don't, so I, but you say it on on air. <laughs> I was like, eh. Hey. Yeah, seamless. Come on. <laughs> there's certain episodes, and Task Force Dagger is one of them. That you know what? If we need to go over an hour, we'll go over an hour. Um, you know, no, I've said it actually, plenty of times. This is the reason. Well, the reason I do it like this is because I would like to have them on again. So it makes whatever events that they're doing at the time relevant. Does that make any sense? So if they have an upcoming event that's happening in a month, then at least we can cover the month thing that's happening. But if we have them on again, we can have them on when there's another event happening because all their events are so ongoing. That's why I like doing it, that it makes it kind of fresh and it kind of just keeps recirculating all the things that they're doing in the community throughout the year. So it's not just like a two-hour, hey, thanks for your time. I won't be talking to you for the rest of the year thing. Does that make sense? No, we'll, we'll definitely bring them back on. But, look, you know, I, it's like I've said many times, you know, I pay for the time on the hot wash. Um, I pay for this out of pocket um, because I care extremely a lot this uh, this live podcast. Um, and uh, I've I've had one guy that – not one guy, one organization that reached out and told me if I was, they were going to sponsor me, I needed to tone down my language. And I was like, hey, go F yourself. I don't care about that. You know, <laughs> this is, it's the hot wash for a reason. The hot wash right, is yeah. unadulterated, 100%, in your face. If you're effed up, we're going to tell you. If you're doing good, we're going to tell you. That's what the hot wash is all about. Um and Alex is always breaking my balls about this one hour shit. Um, I love Alex to death, but she always tells me about one hour, one hour, one hour. Um, sometimes certain people need more than an hour. Say that again. I wonder how she's going to be at the, at, every night in her dagger dive, we have a hot wash. You know, like I said, and. Uh, so I wonder how she's going to be. She, is she going to look at her watch and go, hey, Keith, that's 30 minutes, man. we got to get out of here. No, that's for now. I, like I like how this is all starting. I just, like I said, knowing a little bit about marketing, I just kind of like, I just want to make things relevant. You know what I mean? If you put little, if you put little pieces here and there and there and there, and I'm just saying when you're timing things, like usually shows are better when you put them on Thursday nights. You have more of a viewer. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to make sure that, you know, the content is always going to be fresh and relevant when it comes to those events. So like, for example, the dagger dive, I'd like to schedule a, you know, a show to have you on, you know, beforehand so people know these things are happening. They're almost like current events for me when I'm on the radio I, and when I listen to the radio. I agree 100%, but, hey, but right hey, now I'm I'm paying for it. Hey, CJ, Alex. All right. Just the one of the things that we could possibly do uh, is do a live Facebook feed while on the hot wash and dagger dive. Yeah, I would love that. I mean, I don't know if that's technically possible i think it is uh because i could be on the phone with one on one phone and somebody else could be on the on the facebook thing doing the live facebook feed but that would be kind of cool and uh yeah i think it would anyway but uh anyway i think we could do <laughs> I, it I, uh, you I'm know I, i've got some new toys at my disposal um 
I got some new programs that some people sent to me, told me to check out, and uh, I've been playing with them, so I think that's possible. Um, I'm not 100% into, because I don't give a shit. I'm not about looks. If you either like the way I look or you like the way I look, I don't really care. Um, hey, uh, I'm all about getting the message out there to our warfighters. I, I am the I am the pale threat, my friend. And uh, you know, seriously, uh, I used to work with Raytheon before we started doing the before I did the foundation. And uh, uh, actually, while well, I was still at the foundation, uh, first four years. But uh, I, I walked came into the office one day, and they, they so one of my co-workers had put a picture of Shrek. And then my picture next, and they, and they said, "Anybody else notice these dimples?" I'm like, "I knew exactly who did that." And uh, let's just say it wasn't pretty, but uh, it was funny. But uh, anyway, so yeah, no, looks aren't important. It's, it's all about the passion that you have. And, uh, and and brother, it sounds like you got a lot of passion. And uh, so I, I am I am game to be here anytime you need me. All right. And uh, absolutely, so, yeah, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And uh, Alex, hey, I definitely. Uh, Go ahead. Uh, definitely want to say, uh, you know what, uh, Alex? Um, definitely didn't mean anything personal when I said Korean Nazi. So please don't take that personal. Um, just busting your chops on that. Um, Keith, I, I very much appreciate you coming on tonight. Um, and I definitely want to have you on again, brother. Um, I, I got to throw a shout out to my co-host uh, Alex Maltizo, uh, Alexandria Maltizo, and uh, my gold star, my dad, uh, Jeff Falco. Um Thanks for co-hosting with me tonight. Uh, definitely want to do this Absolutely. again with uh, Task Force Dagger. Um, you hold a very special place in my heart, brother, and uh, definitely want to have you on again. And want to say, hey, we're available on iTunes. All you have to do is uh, launch iTunes, type in the hot wash. It'll bring up all of our episodes. Uh, you'll be able to see it. And I uh, want to throw a shout-out to Junior's Bullet Pins, uh, which are in memory of uh, Staff Sergeant Chris Falkel, uh member of 3rd Special Forces Group who was killed in action. Um, Gold Star Father Jeff Falkel runs that organization. Uh, is all about making these pins out of 7.62 brass, uh, and the biggest majority of that money goes to supporting um, special operations uh, foundations um, who support special operations soldiers and families. I uh, want to throw a shout out to the National Veterans Search and Recovery Organization. Um, <clears throat> VETSAR is around specifically to reach out and find our active duty and veterans. Uh, who are maybe suicidal, um, depressed, or suffering uh, from uh, PTSD. Uh, that's not only the active duty service members, but uh, as well as first responders, law enforcement, firefighters, and um, We know statistically because, unfortunately, a lot of our brothers and sisters uh, have taken their life uh, within a, the first 24 to 48 hours of a um, veteran or a first responder on Facebook or to their family, um, suicidal ideations, 
we have 24 to 48 hours to find them before they actually take their life. So that's one of the things national vets are is uh, 100% dedicated to is reaching out and finding those um, veterans and first responders and them before they make that fatal flaw. Uh, missing Warrior Alert is uh, an organization to sub umbrella after uh, or under search and recovery. Uh, anytime we have a veteran or first responder who is missing, we post a missing persons flyer and a, um, better terms, BOLO on social media, um, <clears throat> looking for those individuals, um, trying to reach them before they make that fatal flaw. So definitely want to send out to those guys. Hey, definitely, guys, I want to say thanks for tuning into the Hot Watch tonight. Um, look forward to seeing you guys next week. We've got... Um, Power Therapy, which is uh, two of my four former pilots uh, from the 160th, two Task Force 160th pilots, CW4 Ryan Russell and CW4 retired Jeff Coker. Um, Horsepower Therapy will be on next week. Uh, forward to that episode talking about uh, how to deal with your PTSD and uh, issues from fighting the war on terrorism and uh, in a conventional way. Uh, a lot of organizations out there talking about how to uh, reach out to veterans with uh, hunting, fishing, outdoor activities. Uh, horsepower therapy is 100% dedicated to racing, drag strip racing, and what we'll talk about next week on the Hot Wash Definitely want to say thanks. Hey, Jeff, uh, open mic to you and Keith as well. Go ahead, brother. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on this, on this tonight and, uh, and uh, letting me talk a little bit about Task Force Dagger Foundation. You did good, brother. You did good. Thanks, CJ. Hey, I'm, I'm sorry if I had to <clears throat> I had to take the dog out. Uh, Mama was uh, not not happy with Papa because <laughs> uh, I seen I hadn't gotten walked today, so... Needed to do a little uh, little recovery here. So anyway, but no, good show and 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 I agree, Chris. I think uh, if we did something maybe like from the dive, like one of the dives, and or from the Truman White House, I think that would be uh, that would be awesome to be able to to have um, people be able be, be to be able to see it and be, be part of it. So. Well, we're there, man. So whenever you need, whenever you need us, CJ, Alex, and Jeff, just let us know. I really appreciate it, Keith. Uh, definitely want to say thanks again. This is a episode of the Hot Wash Task Force Dagger. Uh, appreciate you guys listening in, and you're back. Um, until next week, stay safe, and talkers don't quit. Yep. How's that? Out here. Out here.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.